Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to the Investing Insights Podcast from Morningstar. In this week's podcast, Dave Sequeira discusses nine cheap defensive stocks. Christine Benz and Susan Jabinski talk 401k statement surprises. And Susan Jabinski tells you what two stocks to watch in July. Let's get started. Here is Dave Sequeira from Morningstar Research Services. Hi, I'm Dave Sequeira, the Chief Market Strategist here at Morningstar. Thus far this year, defensive sectors have held their value better to the downside. Sector valuations among the defensives are largely in line with the composite of the fair values of the underlying stocks that we cover in each of those individual sectors. However, I would note that the utility sector is slightly on the overvalued side. These stocks in the consumer defensive sectors have benefited as investors are becoming increasingly concerned that the U.S. economy is weakening enough that we could soon be entering recession. And of course, earnings among the defensive sectors are less sensitive to economic variability. Please take a look at your screen to see our analyst top picks. I'd note within the consumer defensive sector, we find that stocks of alcoholic beverage manufacturers remain undervalued. As consumers begin to venture back out into public events, we expect that consumption will shift from at-home to on-premise. And in on-premise consumption, consumers typically imbibe higher-margin branded products. In our other top picks, especially those in the healthcare sector, those picks are more idiosyncratic in nature, where we have a differentiated view on the underlying growth potential for the specific company than what we see in the market consensus. Among the utilities sector, that certainly provided investors with a safe haven in this turbulent market year-to-date. However, we do expect inflation to begin to moderate later this year. We do caution that valuations in the utility sector would be the most at risk if inflation persists longer than expected. Utilities are the most sensitive sector to inflation, mainly because of their mostly fixed revenues, large capital investment budgets, and borrowing needs. For greater detail on our analysis for any of these stocks and for the other companies we follow, please visit Morningstar.com. Expand your investing horizons and look to the long term with Morningstar's podcast, The Long View. Join hosts Christine Benz and Jeff Patak as they talk to influential leaders in investing, advice, and personal finance. Search for and subscribe to The Long View today. Next, here are Susan Jabinski and Christine Benz from Morningstar, Inc. to talk 401ks. Hi, I'm Susan Jabinski for Morningstar. 401k plan participants may receive some surprises when they review their mid-year statements. Joining me to discuss what those surprises might be and how to cope with them is Christine Benz. She's Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance and Retirement Planning. Hi, Christine. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Susan. It's great to see you. So let's start out with the obvious. Uh, many investors are going to be seeing red ink when they review their statements mid-year. Um, what should they be bearing in mind as they're sort of assessing the damage? Well, I think life stage matters a lot in this context. So for people who are still fairly early in their investing careers, and I would say this would be anyone under age 50, say, remember that these down markets are really your friend because they provide an opportunity to add more shares to your account at the same outlay than would have been the case when the market were higher. So try to tune out the noise. If you can, switch to paperless statements so that you're not receiving (laughs) physical statements. Really try to ignore the red ink because truly down markets are an opportunity for you. For older investors, down markets are more worrisome because there may be real implications for how you want to position your portfolio and also how 
how much you can take out when you're retired, assuming that retirement is quite close at hand. So what if an invest, a 401k investor wants to get sort of a context for how their portfolio is doing and for those losses? Um, how can they get a sense of what a good benchmark is or, or whether their portfolio maybe is doing better than it might actually look? Right. So a starting point for thinking about this is thinking about a 60% equity, 40% bond portfolio. As of this recording, we're here in sort of late June period. Such a portfolio would have been down about 19%. So if your portfolio's asset allocation is in that same general ballpark, you're probably in a pretty normal zone. If your losses are higher than that, say, 19, 20% for the year to date, it may be because your portfolio has a more aggressive asset allocation. If you're a young investor, you probably should have more in your portfolio than 60% in stocks. So think about your asset allocation as kind of a framing device. Recognize that if you have a higher equity allocation than that 60-40, you'll be in for bigger losses, if you're closer to retirement and you have a lower equity allocation, then your losses may be relatively more muted. I would also say use this as an impetus to check up on your portfolio's asset allocation. If you haven't looked at this recently, I think a a target date fund can be a good way to kind of benchmark the reasonableness of your portfolio's asset allocation. And then how about for investors who might want to dig deeper down to the individual investment uh, selection level and figure out maybe what helped and what sort of hindered during the period? Any tips for them? Well, I love the idea of setting up a custom benchmark that mirrors your portfolio's asset allocation. You don't need to get too granular in terms of allocating X amount to small value, for example, but just the baseline asset allocation. Set up a simple portfolio. You can use Morningstar.com for this that is composed of inexpensive exchange-traded funds or index funds. That's a way to gauge on an ongoing basis. Well, I'm doing a lot of monkeying around with my portfolio. I have a lot of individual stock holdings or fund holdings or whatever it might be, that's a good way to benchmark whether you're adding value with all of that activity. If at the end of the day you're not really beating that simple, inexpensive, low-maintenance benchmark, maybe it's an impetus to rethink your plan. So, Christine, there's a new development in sort of 401k plan statements. Um, Many investors are going to be seeing for the first time on this upcoming statement um, how much income their portfolio value would provide them in retirement. So give us a little bit of background on why investors are now going to be seeing this on their statements and then what they can do with that information. This is a new Department of Labor regulation. It's going into effect for the second quarter of 2022. And I do think the goal is a worthy one. The basic idea is to help participants take their 401k balances, which I think can often seem like kind of an abstraction, and help them figure out whether it's enough to provide them with the funds that they need in retirement. So you'll see two figures as part of this new metric. The first would be what your current balance would buy in terms of annuity, monthly annuity incomes to cover your life only, as well as your life in a survivor. So the second number will typically be lower because it's covering both lifetimes. But I think it's a good starting point, at least, for helping participants determine whether they've saved enough. We often see that people aren't good judges of whether they've, in fact, saved enough for retirement. This is intended to give them a little bit of a helping hand. 
So then how should investors use these numbers, Christine? Well, I would say it depends on your life stage. So if you're very young and early in your investment career, even if you're in your 30s, 40s, maybe even early 50s, don't get too worried about this. If you see a low number, remember it's being calculated off of a low balance because we have had a little bit of a, a shakeup in the equity and bond market so far this year. But also remember that you have many years that you'll continue to contribute to your portfolio. So it'll compound and grow over the years. So I would just focus on that. Focus on what you can do on the contribution rate front. Make sure your asset allocation makes sense given your life stage, but otherwise not spend too much time on it. On the other hand, if you are closer to retirement, I think these numbers can be a meaningful starting point for thinking about the adequacy of your retirement fund. So you want to start by thinking about your income needs in retirement. Think about how much of those income needs, your total income needs, will be met through non-portfolio sources. So do a little bit of work on Social Security's website to see what kind of payout you'll expect from Social Security. And then you can look at this uh, anticipated income stream from your portfolio. You can see whether you can do some work uh, to help elevate that uh, balance between now and retirement and get some help. I think especially as retirement draws close, it's so advantageous to sit down with someone who is really steeped in the specifics of retirement planning. Well, Christine, thank you for your time today and for giving us some perspective as we open the email with our statements in it or tear open the good old-fashioned paper statement. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. Lastly, Susan Javinsky discusses stocks that should be on your radar in July. Hi, I'm Susan Javinsky with Morningstar. We're halfway through 2022, and investors have endured a wild ride. The day-to-day market volatility we've experienced has been unnerving for most. Yet that very same volatility can provide investors with buying opportunities. Here are two stocks we think investors should have on their watch lists in July. These stocks may be about fairly valued today, but they're worth keeping an eye on because if volatility persists, these stocks may dip into buying range this month. Both of the stocks we're spotlighting today come from the healthcare sector. The first stock is Pfizer. Now, most of us today know Pfizer as one of the leading manufacturers of COVID-19 vaccines and treatments. But Pfizer has a substantial portfolio of diverse, patent-protected drugs and a rich pipeline that should help the company withstand generic competition. In fact, we think Pfizer has unmatched financial resources and established research power, and the drug maker is launching several potential blockbuster drugs in cancer, heart disease, and immunology. We think Pfizer's shares are worth $48 each. The second name on our list of stocks to watch in July is Intuitive Surgical. Intuitive Surgical develops, produces, and markets a robotic system for assisting in minimally invasive surgery. The company stands to benefit from increased adoption of robot-assisted surgery across the globe. We think there are especially ample opportunities overseas. Intuitive Surgical achieves a level of profitability rarely seen among medical equipment makers. And while there is competition from the likes of Medtronic and Johnson & Johnson, we don't think any competitor can significantly disrupt Intuitive's business. We think shares are worth $204 a piece. That does it for this week's Investing Insights podcast from Morningstar. We hope you have enjoyed our program and we welcome your feedback. Please send your comments and questions to podcast at Morningstar.com. From everyone here at Morningstar, thanks for listening.
This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances. Morningstar Research Services, LLC, is a subsidiary of Morningstar, Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.